Thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne and listen to what you have to tell us about you and us, your word, all of the things that pertain to this life. So we thank you, Lord, and we honor you. Open up our hearts and our ears and bless us with your holy word today, and as you always do, in Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So um, the Lord told me to tell you to let it sink in. Amen. Let it sink in. Let his word sink in. Um, I was thinking about how people are so busy with so many distractions, you know, and, and it's a real test sometimes for believers because, um, there's no sin in having a cell phone. There's no sin in, you know, going on the internet or social media or whatever it is, but it's the temptation that these things, uh, hold if we don't use a discipline with it. So with believers, everything pretty much is a test of discipline. Um, ec- excess versus, uh, just enough or, uh, the purpose of God in things that we do versus self uh, uh, selfishness and self-adulation and, and that, that things along that vein. And the more things that we have that are necessary, the, that can be distractions, the more difficult it becomes for us to be as productive as we need to be in the Word and in God. And so I think it's real, real important for us to keep in mind how we're made before God, what he expects of us, and how to stay in that place where God is glorified and honored, where we make the progress God wants us to make, uh, where we're being obedient to God and fulfilling the covenant demands that he has placed on his people. Uh, it's so important for us to keep sober and vigilant over our own souls, over the souls of, of people that God has entrusted us with, uh, and, and to just continue to live a holy life even in the midst of technological change, distractions. Uh, it's like there's nothing wrong with owning a car, but the places that a car can take you can be wrong. You understand? So the Christian, every time I think some new technology is introduced in society, as Christians, we need to examine the good that it can do us, but always keep in mind that there is an excess that we can roll over into that is not good, it's not godly. Uh, you know, I, I've already shared with you many times how fond I am of ID Network. I even have their app on my tablet. I don't know how to use it. I ain't seen nothing on there yet. I keep pushing stuff and trying to get, but it's on there, working on it. But it, it never ceases to amaze me how many people get ensnared by doing some of the innocent things that, that we can do involving social media, involving uh, contacts and, and people that you would talk to on the phone and how easily deceived people are uh, by people because when you meet them that way, they're not introduced by anybody. Uh, you just have to take it by faith that that person's an okay person to get to know. And uh, how many people are deceived and led astray uh, through that mechanism? You need to know that the devil will take advantage of anything 
uh, if he can. And so we always have to go into things with discernment. Don't ever leave God on the outside of what you're doing. I don't care if it's just social media. It's just fun. Uh, understand that God is there to help you and to guide you and to protect you from all harm, hurt, and injury. He wants to give us all long life, healthy life, good things in life. Uh, but we have to learn how to walk a, uh, a walk that keeps us under his watchful eye. And so if we will let the word of God sink in, I believe that we can be successfully led through every difficulty that might ever come up in life. We can live a life of joy, a complete life, and a happy life because we take the time while we're in that that flow with God and his word to let that word sink in. Take that word into yourself. Meditate on the word. You know how it is sometimes when you'll hear the word, the Bible talks about the different types of soil that the word is sown on. One type of soil is the one where they receive it with gladness. And so how many times are we excited about the word and it sounds good to us? And, you know, even after service, girl, that word was good. What you preach about? I don't remember. But that word was good. And so while you were feasting on it, it tasted good. And we sit and diligently take notes. And then we go, we don't look at them after. It's like, I found a tablet of mine with some good. And I said, oh, where I get that from? Oh, my, who preached that? Where did that come from? And so it's, it's, but it, that's the way it is with the word of God. It, it's your normal life is more of a distraction because it's consumed with things that are natural. And then the word of God comes in. But it should be the reverse. The, the things of the world should be the distraction. The word of God should be our main focus. So that's what God's pulling us into, where he's our main focus. His word is our main focus. It's an exciting life because we serve a God of revelation. And he's always unveiling, revealing things to us, helping us. Uh, with things, um, uh, it's just a marvelous life to know that God is there for us. But but we got to let it sink in. We got to focus in on the word long enough to make it become a part of us. We need to know. I mean, we talk about Moses a little bit, and and because I, I look at him as somebody, even though he was living under a different covenant, not as good a covenant as we have. Amen. He lived under the old covenant, and and they weren't born again. They didn't have the Holy Spirit residing in them. You know, now Moses had fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit, but there they was a different kind of life. But even under that old covenant, with all of the limitations of it, Moses let that word sink in. He lived to be 120 years old. The Bible says he didn't, he, his sight hadn't diminished, his, his eyes were not dim, the Bible says, nor was his natural strength abated, which means that he was just as strong. And when you think about it, he started his ministry at 80 years of age. And so he was what we would now call an elderly man and pretty much an elderly man under, under that, that time that he lived as well uh, people were living shorter and shorter periods of time but Moses walked up the mountain and and had fellowship with God and he was over a hundred years old so in 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 you know sometimes we we start getting slowed down and we start thinking about oh boy what's this Moses never stopped why because the word was deep within him he let that word sink in 
When God says, as your days, so shall your strength be, he meant that Moses let that word sink in. Amen. And he lived that word out. There were many other words that he got from God that he was was the beneficiary of because he let the word sink deep into his heart. And he allowed that word to minister to him, to guide him, to help fight off disease, injury, everything that can come against a human being. He was able to resist it because of the word of God. And so I was thinking about that and I said, plus they had the curse of the law to contend with where you couldn't be as close to God at different times. Now, they had the the uh, Day of Atonement, the once-a-year Day of Atonement, where everybody came and, and got their sins removed and life was easy, you know, until somebody slipped up again. And so they had to wait around for God much more than we have to. But even under that, Moses lived with great benefit in his life because he let the word of God sink in. So many people will say, well, Moses was able to do that because he lived close to God. What does that mean? It just means that you allow that word to to penetrate your heart through meditation. So if you let God's word sink in through meditating on the word day and night, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. In Deuteronomy 33, if you'll turn there. Well, it seems like I'm going be ahead and then back, but I'm gonna work with it because this is how I wrote it wrote it down. Deuteronomy thirty-three. Thank you, Jesus. Eleven through fourteen. Let me see. Hang on. Uh, like I said, 32. <laughs> Hang on. I, I know I'll find it. Taking notes in my phone. Amen. Let me see what I do that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Well, I'll just have to tell you what the scripture says, but I, it, it really is, uh, a New Testament scripture as well. And that's the, the important thing that I wanted you to know about it because it validates that Israel was, was able to obey God through meditating on the word and allowing the word to sink in. The Bible says that the word is near you. This this scripture that says who shall go up to heaven to bring the word down and who shall go to hell to bring the word up. But the word is near you. It's nigh you. It's even in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith that we preach. That's the one from Romans 
10, 9, and 10. But it came from, if anybody can find that, Romans 10, 9, and 10. Help a sister out. You'll have a, a, a link to an Old Testament reference if you can tell me what that is. And that'll end my frustration over this. Praise God. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That came from, huh? 30. That's where I, why did I think I was going backwards? I was scared to go over to 30. Thank you. I appreciate it, sister. 30, 11 through. I got so excited I messed that up. Okay. All right. You said starting in verse 11. Okay. While we start in verse 9, he said, The Lord your God will make you plenteous in every work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, the fruit of your cattle, fruit of your land, for the good of the Lord will again re- for the for for good for the lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers if you shall hearken unto the voice of the lord your god now that means let his word sink into you to hearken means to listen to tune everything else out to let only that word speak to you and don't feel condemned if that word hasn't come to pass in your life. You know, this is this is a real sometimes a trap for Christians that if you're walking in faith for something and the devil will bug you about a when's it going to happen? When's it going to this? When's it going to that? And then you have people want to ask you, how you doing? When is it happening? If you can stay out of that, you know, web. You'll succeed because your faith will bring you out of every single thing. The enemy is trying to let make you let go of your faith. And so even under the Old Testament, they were able to walk in faith because if you let that word sink into you, that word will do everything it says it's going to do. It will manifest. I don't care how long you have to, to walk in, in, uh, faith for a healing. That healing will come if you don't let go. And sometimes it takes while, a while because God is doing something else in us. You know, it's nothing for Him to tell you. You've seen where, uh, people get healed through word of knowledge. They'll come up to the altar and get up walking, throw the crutches down the whole nine yards. We've all seen that. But he also heals through faith in his word, through his children walking with him and walking through these things and walking these things out. And so he says, if you keep the commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, just let everything go. Say, God, if you don't do it, it won't happen. God, if you don't do this for me, it will not get done. Amen. He says, for the commandment which I tell you this day, it's not hidden from you. In other words, anything you need from God is revealed to you already through his son, Jesus Christ. It's not hidden from you. It's not hard uh, to get what you need from God. The Bible says it's it's 
for the commandment is not hidden for neither is it far off. In other words, you don't have to go to somebody's this and find out this and go some. Now, unless God sends you. Now, I know there, there are people with, with anointings that we need. And when you get in a fix, God will send you to the man or woman of God that has what you need. I'm not talking about body ministry, but I'm talking about if you're nobody who's born again should be languishing in a place where they don't know if God wants them well, where they're not sure if they can get their healing. They're not sure you shouldn't be in that position because the Bible says here it's near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. So all we need to do is speak that which is in our mouth and in our heart. And he says, it's it's not in heaven that you should say who shall go up for us to heaven to bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who shall go over the sea for us to bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart so that you can do the word. God is interested in raising up doers, not just hearers. Because we can hear the word and everybody get excited about it and, you know, and, and all of this and all of that. And we, we're good collectors of prophecies now. You know, when, when, when God first called this ministry and called me to the prophet's office, I couldn't go in church for people running us out. You know, and I wanted to go to church. But you took your life in your hands. Because pretty soon they run you out of there. They look around and see somebody with eyes they're not familiar with. You know, the devil knows who you are before you do. Come on now, y'all know this. You know, we can be sitting up there like Moses. You know, God called Moses. He said, oh, no, not me. I can't talk. You mean me? I mean, uh, 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 uh. and the devil's plotting for you all. The devil plotted for Moses before he even got here. So Moses at 80 years old finally finds out what the dealio is. And the devil's known ever since before Moses got here and already had planned his demise if he could have got his hands on him. But God, amen. So that's why God wants us to let his word sink in. Embrace that word like is is brand new money, like it's a good check. Take it to the bank and spend it. You understand what I'm saying? Don't even look at it twice. Don't sh- try to twist it and see if it's real. Just go take it to the bank and spend it already. Amen. Because that's how good God's word is for all of us who will grab onto it and believe it. God wants us to believe his word. He has put his word here for us to help us. It is our health. It is our wealth. It is our security. It is life to us. That word is life in everything that we do. We already said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, the same instruction is repeated. The word is near us, even in our mouth and in our heart, that if we will confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why is that important that he, well, that's where the work that, that you need to have done in your life was done when he proved that death couldn't hold him, when he proved that sin had no power over him. All of that, that's what gave us new life. 
If he had still been in the grave, he would have died for somebody's sin, but we wouldn't get the benefit of it. So the fact that he is raised up from the dead, this is why the the uh, Muslim can't be born again under what he believes. This is why the Jehovah's Witnesses don't have the born again experience. They don't know anything about the blood atonement and the resurrection of Christ from the dead to pay for the sins of humankind. People have pieces of it, but they don't have the whole thing. God doesn't bless pieces of something. He blesses people who love him with our whole heart, who are wholly committed to him, who love him with everything that is within us and are willing to obey him in all things. God wants obedient people, not just for the sake of having people to do what he wants, but for the sake of us, for your sake. Your life is better if you obey God. You'll enjoy your life more. You'll enjoy everything more if you will live a life in harmony with God. Plus that, you'll find the life God has for you. Many people run out of ideas about age 12 or 13. They just don't tell nobody <laughs> too much about it. huh? I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be that. Do you ever notice in the teenage years they slow down a little bit with their want to be and gung-ho on everything? Why? Because life starts encircling them they start seeing more they start understanding more but god comes to our rescue with his plan for our lives his plan's the best plan the nice thing about it you don't know anything about it yet so you can't say you like it or you don't like it all you can do is go on in faith and just accept what god says in his word about you and what he he has planned for you but he always has good things it, it, the bible says he says i know the thoughts i have for you i know what i think about you amen and he says it's thoughts to do you good so that you will have an end that you expect you may not know all the details But everybody wants a good life. Everybody wants their lives to turn out well. And God says, I have that plan for you. I have thoughts like that about you. So if you will connect with my thoughts about you, then we'll be on one accord. Let that sink in. Let the thoughts of of my love for you just like you are. Everybody else that says they care about you or like you wants to tweak you some kind of way. You know, they... They don't just tell you to change, but they drop little hints here and they always got tweak somebody. Amen. And don't know how to tweak themselves. It's amazing. We'll let people that don't even have esteem for themselves wreck our lives by what they say they think about us. You understand? So that's why it's good to stay in the word and let the word of God sink in. Then you'll know who you are in Christ and you don't have to go around boasting to everybody. We could do the Jesus example. Who do you think I am? Huh? <laughs> you tell me. Huh? Why? Cause that's the important thing. It wasn't important for Jesus to know who he was. He knew who he was. What's important is what do we think about him? Huh? And so if we will stay with the important things about God, amen, let that word sink in where it will do you good. If if you have to take one day, I, I, I decided that, that I was going to 
just put God's word in me. Like every day I get my, uh, uh, I have the Bible on, um, you know, the little Bible apps you have. Jeremiah 32, this. I like that guy. Yeah, I got a little English, English sounding guy. Jeremiah 32. And I, sometimes I listen to him, I say, you ain't even saved, I can tell you. You just read, but I like it. Hey, the word is anointed. <laughs> God could anoint that word anyway. But, but I listen to it every day. I listen to Isaiah 53 through the end of, of, you know, 60 or so every single day. And I told the Lord, I said, I'm going to let myself meditate on that and stay focused on that. And see what health, healing, and wholeness it brings to me. Because I want that word in me. I made up my mind. I don't want to just grab a scripture here and there. Or live with a few pains. Or live with a little this or a little. I want that word in me. Amen. And however you get it in you, get that word in you. So if if I don't hit it in the morning, I hit it at night before I turn in. Isaiah 53, and every time I listen to it almost, if I stop it and think about it and and mutter it a little bit, God will show me something different. He'll show me a different slant, or if he doesn't show me anything new and different, I receive what I can receive out of it. But I am determined to let that word of healing uh, get inside of me. Why? I'm looking to be healed, and I'm looking for God to heal more people. Amen. So that healing word is always a good word to let it just, just let it sink into you. Amen. Isaiah 53. Barb. No, I just added that, but you know, come on, Barb, let's do Isaiah 53. But you know, you, you do what you need to do to get that word in you. Let that stay focused on it until it goes in. Don't be so superficial and quick listening to everything let it really really sink in people who have very strong miracle testimonies find you some miracle testimonies and let those things sink in amen you know we do a little newsletter uh miracle messenger we do that uh every time we have a healing school and i sit there and read it and i said lord you are so Good. I, every time I, we get a new one, I read the testimonies and I said, Lord, look at what the people, the believers are doing in your name. And it blesses me so much. Amen. It really does. So it's a good thing to let that, that sink in. Um, uh, Deuteronomy, let me see, where were we at? Did we do 19 and 20 yet? Okay. So, uh, uh, in, in he, Moses is telling them that they have a choice. He said, the word is very near you, verse 14, in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, I have set before you this day, life and good, death and evil, in that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, walk in his ways, keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live long and multiply and that the Lord your God shall bless you in the land whether you where you are going to possess it but if your heart turn away so that you will not hear but shall be drawn away huh social media 
diddling around on the cell phone. I mean, you can waste a lot of time. And then, you know, I noticed something different on my phone. Do they, do they run up your minutes and tell you how long you've been using your phone that week? Yeah. And I said, now, not only am I using the phone, but I'm indicted for using it. I mean, I look how much time I say, oh, God, I don't feel good about that. Think of the things. And I ain't been on my Bible app the whole time either. But, you know, I don't feel good about it. Some of it's necessary, but most of it's not. It's just nonsense. He says, but your heart, if your heart turn away so that you will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. How many people get drawn away by things that are silly distractions? They start out as silly distractions. Then your flesh gets involved in it. You start liking it. And pretty soon you can't do without it or you think. He says, I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish and that you shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether you go over the Jordan to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. So this is a choice. And he said that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice. We obey people we love. We obey people that we, that, that we want to impress or, or let them think well of us. When you get to the point where you don't care what your parents think, you're on dangerous ground. When you get to the point you don't care what your husband or your wife thinks, you're on dangerous ground. And parents, when you get to your point that you don't care what your kids think, you're on dangerous ground. You got me? You, you want to please people out of love. Who you love, you want to please. And so he says, and that you may obey his voice, cleave to him, for he is your life. Amen. Clinging to God. What did we get today in the prophecy? That God was going to, what did he say he's going to do? I, well, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all was paying attention. Well, you know, with me, I'm a, I'm a pipeline, so I have to kind of grab it, retrieve it. But anyway, uh, you know, and, and God is going to apprehend us with his love. Now, we know a little bit about that kind of stuff, but, you know, we lock them people up. Huh? The person you met on Facebook and now they got your phone number, got your this and your that. <laughs> or the, the guy that used to be real nice until you start getting closer to him. Now he's scaring you a little bit. Uh huh. So we don't know anything about that aspect of God's love because it's too frightening. It's too controlling. We like stuff we can handle. Huh? You love me, you go sit over there till I'm ready to pay you some attention. Uh-huh. We're perverted. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't know how to appreciate the things that God, that's why God tells us to love Him first. See, if we invest our love, attention, affection in God, 
He helps us to love people. He said, if you, you say you love your brother that you see and you, you I mean, you, you say you love me that you don't see. How can you say that? And you hate your brother and you see him all the time. See what I'm saying? And so if we don't really get our love adjusted right by God, then it'll backfire every single time. You know, we'll spend it the wrong way. You know, most people wind up ending relationships because they've taken, they've sucked all the life out of it. And see, God is the only way, the one who can help you pump life into a relationship. Sometimes, and, and people look at you and say, you're not getting much out of it, and you might think the same thing. But God will have you continually pumping life into that relationship, into that person, into that individual. See, preachers, the reason you see preachers quitting is because they're not letting God help them to love the people. Huh? I'm just burnt out. Well, you was never really burnt in. You out there trying to tell people you a preacher and all this kind of stuff, you know, have no idea, you know? You've got to be able to put what you want to do aside and go tend to the sheep. You know, whether they pay you good money or not, whether they buy you the new thing you want or not, huh? Why is it the people that's got the most money, preachers got the most money, have, have more distance away from the people? And people who are touching them every day and going to the hospital to see them and, you know, praying for them when they're sick and all that kind of stuff. We get the short end of the bucks. They got all the money sitting up there riding around in airplanes and all that kind of nonsense. I wouldn't trade that for you for anything. See, I'd rather do... What I know God's heart is longing to do toward you than to make a big name for myself. You got me? And have, have the big everything. Huh? It's best to be big in God in His eyes. Do the things that are right in His sight and don't quit doing them. Amen? You know, Moses would go up and spend time with God and be excited. He want to come down and tell the people what God said. <laughs> they ready to stone him. You know? <laughs> they talking about him behind his back and murmuring, complaining, all that. You know, the, that's the church, man. People have problems. People, you know, they don't want to do certain things. But but God gives you, if, you, if God lights a candle of your spirit, then he's able to keep you burning long after what's going on in the natural is not good for you. Huh? No, people, people, you know, just, I don't know. I just, I see things differently, you know. People don't know what long suffering is. Huh? Get connected with people and they talk about you, do you wrong. You take your money you can spend on yourself, spend on them, make sure they have a nice Christmas, nice this, nice that. You understand what I'm saying? Then they turn around and knife you. Huh? Lie on you. <laughs> Can't forgive you. Cause you get on, they get on your nerves and you let them know it. I mean, is, is that something to crucify somebody for? <laughs> 
we human just like you human. <laughs> you know, I mean, people trip you out if you let them mess your head up. But, you know, that's where you got to know who you are in God and keep doing what God tells you to do. Huh? I love y'all, but we ain't going to stay in this place now. I'm packing up my little stuff and moving on. The tent has moved. Huh? Let's keep on moving with the cloud. Yeah. <clears throat> so when <clears throat> when the word of God sinks in, amen, it does great things for us. What are the results of the word sinking in? Well, Moses described it in, in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. This is one of the benefits. Like when, when, when Moses, the Bible says, he was just as able-bodied at 120 as he was at, I don't know, whatever. 80 seems, you know, <laughs> a little ancient to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's 80. That's a lot of years. But it had not diminished the ministry didn't burn him out, in other words. Amen. The way he reacted to it kept him from going into the promised land because God was a just God. He had to abide by his law. But, but Moses was, was able-bodied. He, that word preserved him. So in Deuteronomy 31.6, he says, be strong and of good courage. That's the first thing the word of God does to you. It makes you strong. Amen. So you can't be easily manipulated and talked out of and into certain things. It says, be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of the enemies. For the Lord your God, he it is that does go with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. And Moses called to Joshua. Now, not only was Moses of this caliber, But then the servant, his disciple, the one he was training for the ministry who was under him, Joshua, picked up the same spirit. He says, be strong and of good courage. He will not fail you nor forsake you. And Moses called to Joshua and said unto him, in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. For you must go with this people unto the land of God. And this is, this is how preachers train good preachers. If they stay long enough to get trained. Huh? I think God is calling me back. Huh? Huh? I mean, you know, cut them off before they start lying on God. Elisha told Elijah something very bold, but it's appropriate. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now, what did Elijah tell him? He said, you asked a hard thing. Are you ready to do what you need to do to get twice as much? Huh? It's possible. The Bible validates it. 14 miracles recorded, verses 7. Huh? <laughs> why do you think he asked for that? And why do you think he got it? This clincher. Because he could look around him and see what a mess everything was. He said, you know what? <laughs> 
if you could hang around, <laughs> I really prefer that. Better you than me going through all this nonsense. And, you know, uh, everybody serving bail, people running away from God, calling down fire on Mount Karma, all that. You see that going on, you think just, oh, you know that? Don't think I want. <laughs> or if I do want, I need twice. You got me? You know what you need. If you've been paying attention as a disciple, as a learner, you know what you need in order to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. Trouble is with a lot of people learning, they have no clue what God wants them to accomplish. They're looking at television trying to figure out what their ministry is. I was, I was, I was, I dreamed I was in front of a sea of little dark faces. And, well that means I'm called to the nations, really? Maybe you call to your neighborhood block watcher, go out of your hood and somebody else's hood and feed them kids. Take Christmas gifts to that little sea of dark faces. So Moses, man, man, that word sink in to you. You let that, you feast on that word. Let it sink in, and you you'll get up fearless and strong. Amen. Uh, since day one that I was in ministry, I've never been scared of the devil, and I see it on people who call themselves intercessors, warriors, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, please just don't come around me. You understand what I'm saying? You're not even on the same page with some people. Now, I don't try to make myself fearless, but I was so uh, oppressed by the devil in my mind for so many years. What I had to do in the word to dig myself out of that, when you come out of that and you've overcome the devil who had you bound for five years, you didn't even know who you were. You didn't function almost as a normal human being for that length of time. When you get delivered out of that through God's word, then you're changed. You become strong and of good courage. Then you wonder what all these Christians are squabbling about. And, oh, is that so demonic? Well, so are you. But we won't go there. You need deliverance yourself. You scared of the devil, you definitely need to be delivered. People get on a, a tear talking about what the devil is doing. What is God telling you to do about that? See, we serve a God of solutions and answers. We don't serve a God who likes to chit chat about. Oh, you know, the devil busy. No, I'm busier. With my pinky, I'm busier than he is. <laughs> He'll flick him like a booger, you know, just. That woke everybody up, didn't it? I said, oh, did she say that? Yes, I did. And greater things shalt thou see. <laughs> what you do? 
You don't ask it its name. You don't. Deuteronomy, as long as we're in 31, we can drop down to 19. Now, therefore, write ye this song for you and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. It's kind of interesting. You ever think about some of the people like Christian songwriters who, you know, they blew up real big and sold a lot of albums and all. Now they're back in the world. What do you think those songs, if they hear those songs, say they go somewhere and hear a song they used to sing and they wrote? It's it's a judgment against them now. The same thing that used to bring you joy and build you up and can be a judgment against you if you don't let that word sink in. Quit singing it and start meditating on it. Huh? Quit running around from church to church, collecting offerings, selling CDs and all that stuff. Let that word start penetrating you. Let it change you. Let it make you a new creature. Make it, let it make you a different person. Mm-hmm. So Moses, the song of the Lord can bring you life or it can be a testimony against you. Mm-hmm. 19 through 22. For when I shall have brought them into the land, which I swear unto their fathers that flows with milk and honey, and they have eaten and filled themselves up and gotten fat, then they will turn to their other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. And it will come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten in the mouths of their seeds. So your kids will put you under conviction. You understand me? You won't, you won't be able to run away. God can't deny himself. It, for, for good or for not good in your, we always want the, the God to bless me and do this. Sometimes he needs to correct your little steps. And so that these, these things that we, we know to be God and we walk away from them. They have a great power to testify against us. Amen. People, when they hear that familiar song that they used to sing with the brother, you know, David would say some of those things in his, in the Psalms and talk about the days where they used to go into the sanctuary together and, and the joy that he felt. Now he was messed up and, and done something wrong. And, and, you know, that starts to testify against him. Many times people who walk away from the Lord don't come back so quick and so fast. Huh? You know, we, we need to let God handle people. We need to let God help people. Some, some of us are too quick to want to restore people. You understand? Like you got power to do that. And can't even, you know, get yourself together. Don't let your praise, what used to be your praise and your worship, be a judgment against you. Amen. Always come into that place. I don't care what it is. Repent before God. Show him that that you acknowledge your error and you won't continue to make it. Amen. You'll get free from it and you'll master. You get mastery over it. Amen. So, you know, even uh, one who ministers the word. Must let it sink in and work on them. 
this is one thing preachers forget. You know, we, we think as long as God uses us to get up in the pulpit that we cool. Hmm? Big mistake. He, you know, Jesus had, had a, a parable about those people. He said, many will come in that day and say, Lord, we prophesy in your name, cast out devils in your name, do all that in your, well, his name has power. But he says, depart from me, I didn't know you. He can use us without knowing us. You get around people, somebody is sick or somebody can't do any better. Don't think you're wonderful because God used you to help that person. Don't ever forget that he's God and you're not. He's Lord and you're not. You still gotta, you still gotta do your, your, you know, <laughs> I used to say your chicken frying and your biscuit making. Huh? Yeah. If you got a man to make some biscuits for, now you know what I'm saying. Some of us don't, but don't forget that. Don't forget the things that God has put in your life to humble you and keep you close to him. If you're smart in God, you'll figure out what those things are and you won't monkey with them. Huh? You'll keep that thing intact. You say, oh, okay, God, this thing ain't moving too fast. This must be here to keep me close to you. Psalm 119 and verse 50. God is so good. He knows what each one of us needs. What's in the oven, girls? Is it okay? Bye-bye smelling. I got a nose. My mother used to do that to me. Carol, I'm smelling that food you couldn't go in there and look at that. Whatever. I still do it. Psalm 119, 50. 150. It's like two people walking around. <laughs> I got a shadow, so I've got a way. What's that? I finally had to start saying I'm healed anyway. Whoever you are, whatever you try to do, you stop it. But he says, this is my comfort in my affliction. Your word has quickened me or given me life. Or your word preserves my life. So the word of God has preservation power in it for everything that we desire, everything that we, every time you speak the word of God into your situation, you breathe new life into it. You know, people say things like, well, uh, you know, I've been speaking the word. I can tell right there. They don't believe that that's going to work for them. Well, I've been speaking the word. I've been to, well, what are we having this conversation for? You're doing all the right things. Keep doing it. God wants to see if you're going to really do the word or you're going to do it till you get what you want. Then run off serving another God. We go and serve the God of mammon. We serve the God of, uh, you know, whoever the new designer is. I don't know who they are anymore, you know, but, you know, it's, it's doing them things. So your word preserves my life. God, in order to bless us, God requires we live in harmony with him through obedience to his word. 
Letting that word sink in, it becomes automatic for you to do the word. To not do the word is foreign to you. So he wants you to get to the place where that word, obedience to it, is automatic to you. Romans 12, 1 tells us not to conform. Do not conform to this world. In other words, you've been set free. Now we think we're, sometimes we think we're entrapped because we've already, always served the world. But, but we have been delivered from the power of darkness. So you can conform back to what you've been delivered from. Or you can be transformed so you're not tempted to go back anymore. But you're not of this world the day you're born again. Don't let the devil trick you into thinking, well, I need deliverance. I need that. No, you need to let the word sink in. Because that word is near you. It's in your mouth and your heart. It's speaking to you all the time. It's telling you you're redeemed. You're, you're healed. You're set free. It says that all the time. Why would we think we need to be delivered? Sometimes we have hang, what I call hangover from the world or ashes from a previous life. And we, we start trying to pump life into that by making it bigger than what it really is. Ashes are something, if you ever get a bunch of ashes, like, you know, you have a fire in a fireplace and it goes cold and you pick those up, they don't even hold any shape. You can't even, you can't make a snowball out of them. All you can do is let them slip through your fingers. That's as much power as your old life has over you. But we run from deliverance to deliverance. Here we go. Over Oh, they having deliverance service over there. Oh, yeah, I got to go. I got to get delivered. No, you need to go let your words sink in. Go get your Bible, open it up, and find out who you really are and let that sink into you. I know for, for a few years after God healed me from a mental depression, I would get these old obsessive thoughts sometimes where I felt I would put myself back being that helpless person that had to take pills and all that kind of stuff to feel better. And I thought to myself, I said, now, God, I could go that way. Right right then, you know it's a choice. If it's a choice for you now, it's probably a choice for you then, but you didn't have as much power as you have now. But I thought to myself, now, I could really go have me a pity party and feast on this thing right here. Or I can take the word and march on into my new life that God has for me and not waste my time trying to dredge up any old nonsense stuff. Huh? Because it's not real. The Bible says you are crucified with Christ. That person that you were no longer lives. Why are you running around with an old dead body? It's like people who, you know, if, if, if they feel a symptom, well, wonder what that is. If you let your mind wander, you'll conjure up something. Huh? 
what that is is you healed anyhow. You understand me? You got to make sure you pick up the word. I don't care what happens to you. You're healed anyhow. Because, man, you you start thinking up some stuff. The devil got some stuff for you. Now, I'm not anti-doctor. I got caught up in a, a, a trap with some blood pressure nonsense. But I'm healed anyway. I'm not sick. I'm healed. And I'm not running every time. I'm running away from the doctor. I'm not trying to. Right now, I got an appointment. They want to see you like every six months or something like that. I said, you don't need to see me that often, do you? She said, oh, Mrs. Williams. I said, yeah, Mrs. Williams. Huh? Said, Seriously. But she got to live. Why am I going to kill her? You know, she trying to do good. Uh, so Mrs. Williams put off the appointment for another month if she felt. I'm not going to, God's not going to let me die. Are you kidding me? If I do, I go home to glory. But it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. But that ain't my life. I'm, I'm not looking to get myself on anybody's list for them to do something for me other than what's being done right now. I'm not looking for more help from the world. I'm looking for more help from God. Romans 12, 1, don't be conformed to this world. I don't care how new a Christian you are. You are not of this world. You don't have problems with bad memories. and You understand what I'm saying? They're no more a problem for you than they are for anybody else who will sit up and think about them. Now, Paul instructed us to think on these things. Whatsoever is good, lovely, pure, good report, praiseworthy, thankworthy. Well, you don't know where I've been. Listen, I know where you are now. If you're born again, you're in God's kingdom. If you will obey him, most people don't want to admit it's just a matter of a decision. They want to somehow justify all the years they've spent complaining and whining and running from place to place. Yada, 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 yada. If you don't tell nobody, I won't tell nobody. Huh? And just go on in the newness of life. Be thankful that you're delivered. Huh? And God will heal you as you go. Huh? We're all winting. Huh? In some situations. There are some situations that people don't even know about each other. Because we don't wear it all the time. But we've all had a certain amount of hell released on us in our lives. And so God heals us as we go. Amen. Like the lepers, they were healed as they went. So we're all being healed as we go. Amen. We're not that person anymore that everybody picked on. If I hear one more story about somebody who got picked on and, you know, parents abandoned them and yada, yada, yada. Well, you found God. Amen. You found God. So live in the now that God has for you. Let that sink in. You are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Let that sink in. 
Oh, my brothers and sisters, and we had a hard life. Listen, you safe. Start praying for them. Let that sink in. That you can pray for them to have a better life than what they have. Let that sink in. Don't let this book depart from your mouth and from your eyes. Meditate in it day and night. Why? So you can do what it says. It's in the doing. It's not so much in the meditating. The meditating makes it real and makes us accept it and makes it a part of us for the purpose of doing the word. Not just showing people how much scripture you can quote or you get excited when you hear you know how we, the way it was in the old Baptist church. The pastor say, "Turn to Husa Musa, chapter seven. Oh, I was just reading that this morning. No, you wasn't. Huh? Oh, people jump up and he just gave you a chapter and verse. I mean, come on, we haven't even heard a sermon yet. Hold on to yourself." Daniel let the word of God sink in from day one. He was dug in with God, dug in deep. So deep, he defied the order, the king's commandment day one. Amen. Daniel looked around and saw all the so-called wise men and astrologers, drunk, eating too much. Willing to do anything to stay close to the king so they could be fed. Daniel said, you know what? Don't give me none of that. I don't want none. Oh, but Daniel, the king's command, nah, mm -mm, I ain't eating it. What probably happened was Daniel refused the food. The Bible says he refused to defile himself with the king's there are some things that are defilement for us if we partake of them. Listening to things, certain things for too long, watching certain things for too long, they defile. So it says he refused. And see, the, the, the guard that was in charge of him sees this boy refusing to eat. Now he's between a rock and a hard place. See, He's carrying out orders, but now he's got to make a decision. Do I let Daniel continue to eat nothing or do I let him try him on? Because if he eats nothing and he wastes away, then they're going to be mad at me. I'm not doing my job. Your obedience to God can force the hand of those in power and cause them to obey God whether they want to or not. You just keep obeying him and see what happens. You keep doing, let that word sink into you to where you do it automatically and see what happens to the people among you and around you. you you'll you see miracles in your midst because you are determined to obey the word of God. Daniel separated himself. He looked around and saw all this perversion, all this drunkenness in the king's palace. Of course, the king likes to get people hooked on his stuff. So that way they'll do anything he tells them. All he has to do is threaten to remove them from the position they're in. They'll do anything he tells them to do. And so here he is refusing. So then the, 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 uh, um, 
Chamberlain in charge of him had no choice but to let it come to the test. And he said, okay, don't starve yourself to death. You can eat what you want to eat. Daniel said, I thought so. And so from there, it built. Daniel got strong and courageous. He he gave the example that whenever they had a question for anybody, Daniel's answered, answers and the Hebrew boys who were with him, his boys, they were ten times smarter. Huh? We got that now in certain certain people in the earth, you know, because of, of the legacy of the life of God in certain groups of people. They're much smarter than people who are over them. You understand what I'm saying? They just don't get to the place sometimes where they need to be. But God, amen, but God. And so God is a God of restitution. He restores everything to people. If God isn't a God of restitution, how did professional athletes get to be multi-multi-millionaires? See, this, 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 this will mess some people's heads up. I'm going to say it anyway. Because you need to understand the restitution of God. Not man's restitution. Every time you look around, somebody's mad at the white man in this country because he took this from the native Indian. He took this from the black man. He took this from the Indian. Listen, when, when black people could only be, their kids could be in a schoolyard and somebody found an old beat up basketball, blew some air into it. They took a basket and cut the bottom of it out and put it up there. They start boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. You do that enough years, because that's all you got to do. Your mama, you, nobody's planning for you to be great. Your mama, boy, get out this house and go do something. Boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, God sends people marching on Washington and tells them it's not right. Change these laws. You don't oppress these people anymore. But they still out there, boom, 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 boom. When the white man had the game, he did it for the fun of the game. You ask any of them, they'll tell you, I just was glad to be able to to continue to play that sport. I love the sport. Boom, 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 boom. $50 million. See, that's God's, I'd rather have God's restitution any day than to make the government give me money to get a casino so I can make drunks out of all my people. Underground Railroad was started by Quakers and, and Christian people who thought slavery was wrong. So they pass that knowledge of Christ onto the slave. That knowledge of Christ has never left us because we're still getting the $50 million for the sport. Change the sport totally. All we got to do is stay cool with God and don't mess nothing up. You understand what I'm saying? But that's God's restitution. It's biblical. You look at the Israelite coming out of Egypt. They went over next door and said, girl, you going to give me that bracelet? Yeah, take it. Whatever you want. Take it. Take it. 
420 years they'd oppress those people. They left, they had so much jewelry they was able to melt it down and make a calf, a statue of a big calf and they still had a lot left over. They didn't hold nobody up. They didn't threaten nobody. They just did what God told them to do. He said, go next door, tell your neighbors it's time for you to leave. You need some, some spending change. So let the word of God sink in, folks. So let it sink in. You don't have to do a whole lot of protesting on nobody, carrying on and stuff. Just live for God. Let let it sink in who you are in Christ. Let it sink in to whom you belong, who you are and who you serve. Be a peaceful person. Be a loving person. Amen. And God will do whatever his covenant provides for you that you will believe him to do. But we got to live deeper in God, folks. We, we really do. We can't live in the superficials anymore. We can't live with the world's desires in our hearts, waiting for a bunch of money to transfer over to us. Now, me, myself, I don't really think it's coming, but if y'all, you know, if that's what's Whatever, you know what I'm saying? You got a covenant with God, you believe what you want to believe. But me, myself, I'm getting mine every day. I'm not waiting for anybody to transfer nothing in my name. I get mine every day. huh? God, I just want to spend it all before I go. Somebody else's too, if I can get my hands on it. Huh? <laughs> Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for helping us. To understand who you are and who we are. Thank you, Lord, for the violent love that has apprehended each and every heart in here. We bless you, we honor you, and we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you.